Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear Moon to Moon listener, it's Britain, and I'm coming to you with another Dark Moon episode. I am sitting under the Dark Moon in Taurus. It's at 23 degrees, just above the eastern horizon, here on June 15th, 2023. It's in the morning and I feel like it's midday because I've been up for hours having to get my daughter to the airport like so early. (sighs) Summer. Summer has chaos. All right. So before I get into what's moving through me to share with you as what feels alive, because a lot feels alive to share here at this dark moon. I want to give you some updates from my life. I feel like I'm in this real crossover period of um, endings and beginnings. There's the ending of the school year, my daughter's school year. And moving into summer schedule, which as a divorced woman looks like like a week on where I've got them constantly and I'm in charge of everything and people got to go places, <laughs> people need food, <laughs> people have bedtimes, you know. People have um, preferences and opinions. <laughs> and I, I don't have any quote-unquote help, you know, um, besides the occasional carpool support from my mom or um, the occasional college driver who helps me when I'm in a bind. So it's pretty chaotic when they're here trying to be a person who does a lot of things and holds a lot of space and needs a lot of space. And then it, and then it does this thing where it flips where then they're back with their dad and I have all the spaciousness, like everything's about me and everything's about my schedule, my sleep, my food, my choices, my preferences super spacious and it just kind of like it goes back and forth you know and and uh it's 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 
it's um it's destabilizing it really is in, in the school year we we don't ch- we change more often and so there's a little bit more of everything plus the girls are in school so they're um gone most of the day you know and then they've got homework so they're very self-sufficient so that's that's part of where I am like big things have been happening in mom life both of my daughters have had some significant firsts um like developmental things going on example I'm teaching my daughter to one of my daughters to drive like I've we've been doing our neighborhood um luckily very few cars move through our neighborhood it's not a pass-through so (laughs) I feel like I need to like notify everyone (laughs) but um like whoa it's so wild teaching my child to drive a car um and like the kind of parental style that comes in when you're teaching driving just is like kind of like a different vibe than my normal parent vibe because it's a matter of life and death and it's also like costly if there's a mistake so in many ways so I have to kind of practice like a more authority forward voice than I normally do and it's yeah it's been interesting playing with that and experiencing I I feel like with both of them I'm just entering new thresholds of letting them have their their space and like letting them practice being their own person letting them make mistakes letting them um basically yeah practice practice being people and uh hoping that I can be a resource and a support through the things that happen some of which I may not hear about and a lot of which I do hear about and that too is like something I don't want to to micromanage or be controlling about and like the surrender levels feel like this new place of learning for me like how much to um let be out of my control and how much it's important that I actually am really quite present you know like that balancing is a zone where I feel like I'll probably be pretty messy for a while um but all parenthood has really been like that um so here we are new thresholds and for reference my daughters are 14 and 16 so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so my three-month container for emerging readers for magical people the magician's table is closing in a couple of weeks and so we're we're deep in the energy of gratitude and grief um, in that container as myself included but what I really feel from the community is this sense of like oh my gosh I can't believe this happened oh wow you know 
with like, oh, like I don't want it to be over because even as we can do things as an alum community and even as we can reform in a new year and people can take it again and do it again, it's never going to be this again. And so death is present even as much as there's so much joy that we had it, you know? And then Astrology is Praxis, which started at the beginning of September. We're in our last few months. We end at the end of August. It's a whole year. We're, we've got like a real strong frequency and language that we speak together it's gone quite uh, mystical. Like we're, it's a very mystical space, this learning container. And um, I'm feeling that kind of like waning moon, like the, where we're entering like the dark moon of astrology as praxis, but that also amps up like the magical unknown of it. And so I'm, I'm just really excited to be in this final stretch because I feel like there's this energy of us going places that I've never seen happen in a learning space. And I'm really, um, really privileged to be with this group of people. And that I co-teach with Jonathan Coe. I continue to do my one-on-one offering transformation which lasts anywhere from six to nine months depending on the pace of the person who's with me and it's a deep profound container for emergence for vulture magic for change it's extremely extremely magical (laughs) um and it has its own its own thing that it does that I trust in and um it's interesting like there was a long period over the last year where I I just didn't turn toward it at all I never talked about it publicly I just was kind of in this space of only wanting to be with the people that I already had and It wasn't closed so much as I just like wasn't turning my energy toward new people. And a month or so ago, I started really thinking about what a magical space it is because several people completed and I was able to feel into like, oh my God, this is a really incredible offering. Wow wow, like I should be talking about this. Like more people should be doing this. And within that like four weeks since that has happened, um, four new people have signed up. So it's, I can still take a few more people if you're listening, but um, I can feel myself already like, like noticing like how fascinating it is. This is, I'm speaking to you y'all who um, promote your work and like have offerings that you want people to sign up for. It's interesting just like the, the energetics there. Cause like 
I didn't publicize anything. Like I didn't do a newsletter or a post or anything to talk about transformation. I just started thinking about it. I just started like feeling into it. I, I talked a lot about it in Astrology as Praxis when I led a session in our month on Astrology as Alchemical Practice. So when we met to talk about alchemy and how astrology is alchemizing, I, I gave a talk on trans, my transformation offering and how alchemizing it is. And I talked about vulture magic and what people move through. And several people in the class have actually been through transformation, so they were able to give their own testimony to that. And just me talking about it, I think was like, it just energized the field around the offering. And then I started getting people wanting to do it, you know? So I find that really fascinating in terms of like, um, if someone's not signing up for something that you have on your website, it might just be like some part of you is not turning towards it. You might not even be conscious of it. If some part of you is energetically turned away because like you have doubts in it or you just really are at capacity because you're working on other things, which is what has been the case for me. It wasn't that I was doubting it. It was just like my energy wasn't facing it because I was facing other things that I was creating and working on. And so when you have an offering that's just like sitting there on your website, it, it like it's not going to get energized with attention unless you are um, thinking about it even. Even just thinking about it will help court this um, magnetism around it is what it feels like to me. So, yeah, I just find that evidence really, really fascinating and beautiful and um, potentially helpful to anyone listening yeah, um, I've been, I think I've talked maybe in the last Dark Moon episode about some f- frustrations I was having because you know, my guides were not giving me updates on the next container, the next thing I'm creating, and um, that kind of hanged man energy is often really not fun for me. <laughs> as an Aries rising, like I'm really more comfortable in going and doing. (laughs) Um, but like I, uh, so in the, in the gaps, like in the holes, like in the space that was made with me not being able to like start executing, um, I was faced with a lot of old healing, like a lot uh, happened in the weeks after that dark episode that um, really brought me into new levels of healing, like really old stuff, like old, kind of like really, um, I'm seeing the word plaque, you know, like build up, you know, like build up around my heart, I think is what it feels like, like um, obstructed, uh, arteries, you know, like heart, uh, protection from old traumas. And, uh, a lot of that has just gotten melted and it's not been the most fun thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, I really felt supported and I felt supported, especially by myself, you know, like these fucking tools, like you put your loving attention on building your toolkits and then you have these tools, you know, <laughs> it sounds really obvious, but like, you know, it's, it's real. And so I, it hasn't been like, oh, poor me or like, uh, intense or I guess there's been levels of intensity, but not that much. I mean, it's just like, oh, this is here. I know how to be with this, you know? So that's been amazing because I did some important clearing and I think that's why in the last week or so I have been, it's like all been dropping in. I don't even know what to tackle first. Like there's so many babies that um, are wanting my um, incubation, dreaming, all the things. So I feel really alive right now with how much attention um my channel is wanting me in um, dream mode where I'm like really dreaming it down and I love this phase. (laughs) I really love the dream phase. It activates my Pisces uh, gifts and my 12th house gifts because if you were to look at me, you wouldn't think I was doing anything. You would be like, that person's just sitting there, right? (laughs) But there's all kinds of things that are going on, which are going to make my life way more efficient later because I'm getting, I'm getting the information and I'm seeing it so that it can scaffold it out. And then all I have to do is like follow the instruction manual. This is how I work. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about those things yet, but there are many things that are going to be unfolding out of my world. And one of those things then will be the next Unshaming the Signs, which will be Cancer. I might be playing with the structure of this one, make it a little bit different, like shake it up, y'all. We've had three. It's very exciting. Okay, so like, of the unshaming the signs, that's, there's 12 signs, right? Yes, we know this, but it, it's, it's a big number. Like I learned when I did horoscopes, I learned when I wrote the workbooks, like, whoa, 12 is kind of a lot. <laughs> so you get three done and you still have nine more to do. <laughs> um, but the first three had this spring energy, right? Of like me, like lifting a thing up through the surface of the earth, you know, just like, here we go. I'm going to make this thing exist. You know, here it is. It's like sprouting. And that's, that's like a particular kind of energies that's led by what? Aries, right? So I'm pretty, um, comfortable with that, uh, because that's my, my whole thing as an Aries rising, I like to move that way. So what I'm feeling into now is like, what does it mean to be in summer with um, Unshaming the Signs? Like, what does it mean to have a season that begins with cancer? How, is, how might this 
be different feeling for my body, like my body as I relate to promo, my body as I relate to what does the actual thing that's going to happen look like and how do I want to be in relationship with it? What do I want it to feel like for people who come, especially those people who are committed to this offering and who are finding that everyone is completely different and they want to experience all of them. And so um, really just listening right now. And I found that um, with each of these, I don't really know what's going on with them until the sun moves into that sign. So um, we're not in cancer yet. I like, I really can't see it fully. And then I don't even know what I'm, what's going to happen in the actual event until I'm through promo. Cause like promo teaches me what it is, you know? at least with this particular offering. And so all I know is I don't know how to like, it's going to be difficult for me to uh, limit cancer because cancer is tied to things I've built whole courses around. Soft strength used to be a cancer-based class. That's about, that's being composted into another being that I'll tell you about another time. Um, But I can tell right now that what I want with the cancer one is like, how do I keep the cost the same when I have so much more to say? <laughs> so um, that's my like creative, uh, creative challenge that I, I don't presume to have the answer to. I'm sure it will come through here soon. Um, because cancer is a huge one um, for us as humans. Unshaming cancer is unshaming having feelings. So <laughs> it's huge. Um, it's massive. The water ones are going to be so important for me because I think water is a, not an element that we as human beings have a lot of competency in. And... Um, that feeling of not having competency leads to lack of self-trust. And so it's my desire to provide an opportunity to really get into it and um, support whoever is attracted to it with wisdom around that. So that'll be coming soon. And in the show notes, I will include a link for going ahead and registering for Unshaming Cancer so that you can just get that reserved, like put it in your heart, put it in your body. This is what I'm turning towards. You know, you don't have to wait to the last minute. (laughs) It's not like a hugely high priced offering, even though it could potentially change your whole year or your life. So those are the things, those are the things in my field. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to roll in now. And take a deep breath. Yeah. So right at the new moon, I had this awakening into language that has been with me this whole lunar cycle, the whole lunar cycle that began with a new moon in Taurus back in May. 
So this dark moon episode is the dark of that cycle. I'm pregnant with things to say and experience that I've lived and so are you. There's just so much. We are ancient. We are ancient beings with this lunar cycle. (laughs) At the new moon, you're a baby, you know? So it's like everything coming in is like just data. You don't know what kind of life it's going to take on. But at the dark moon, it's like I've now lived this data and I have things to say, you know, and things to let go. So something that came in at the beginning of the cycle was this idea about becoming a person of evidence. That's an abbreviated way of saying what came in, which really was becoming a person who has the courage to be with all evidence. So I then abbreviated that to becoming a person of evidence. And what I mean by evidence is the facts of your life, the stuff that's here. At the new moon, what came through as something to share was something like your presence is your treasure. And feeling into how Taurus, it's a weight, it's a weighted energy. It's it's a heavy energy because it's fixed earth, Taurus. Taurus is a heavier part of us. And that that basin of energy that hangs low in us. For me, Taurus feels like pelvic floor, kind of like basin of the of the body um the rootedness of us and the and the taurus voice taurus ruling the vocal cords taurus ruling the throat the taurus voice that comes through it's not about words with taurus voice it's about the the quality of your voice the, the potency and the power and the treasure that is our Taurus voice comes from that weighted energy, the weight of our presence. And we cu- can cultivate, I found, we cultivate that weightedness that's a slower energy. Taurus is a slow energy. It's the slow experience. That sense of presence comes from being able to be still with evidence. From being able to sit with experience. Just letting it be there. Slow chewing, you know, like the cow, the cow of Taurus, slowly eating, digesting in forehead, stomachs, slow integration, integration. <laughs> Presence coming from that sturdiness of being with your life. 
and processing and integrating all evidence. So this idea of like becoming a person of evidence is becoming someone who's able to be with your life and the, 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 the data of your life. This is here. This feeling is here. This encounter is here. This frustration is here. This annoyance is here. This desire is here. And like just being able to let it be there, just being able to be in the same room with it. This is not easy. <laughs> we have these bodies that have learned things about not wanting to be with the evidence, not wanting to be with what is frightening or overwhelming to the system, painful to the system, scary to the system. There's an intelligence behind our fear of being with the evidence. We can have like boatloads of compassion for that. And this is what Taurus healing is to me. It's slow, like slowing down into somatic practices and healing practices to be with the body as it's experiencing things and learning how to hold it and co-regulate um, in order to be able to come into self-regulation so that we can regulate ourselves through the shit that comes up, the evidence that comes up in our lives. I was thinking about this really through client work because many people, many people, come to my spaces, whether they're coming for a workshop, like one of the unshaming workshops, or whether they are in like one of my longer term containers where we're um, getting to know each other really well in a group, or they're in a one-on-one -on -one container that's with me. What I hear so often is that I hear people say that they're stop, they want to stop quote unquote playing small and that there's this kind of shame that we feel that we are like smaller than we're supposed to be. Um, often I think that this is like an external um, uh, evaluation. Like if I was good or if I was doing a good job, at being an adult, then there would be more. Like there, I would have more evidence of growth. I would have more evidence of money. I would have more evidence of like fill in the blank, whatever the opposite of playing small looks like to you or to people that you know who say this. Um, and what my work often is with working with folks is um, like looking at what the internal inner world dynamics are that create this evaluation of the external world, you know, to and really what that is I'm learning is um, what, 
what could be supportive to build up an internal capacity for being with things that will come up if you want to not play small, quote unquote, in the outer world. Like if you're wanting more evidence of whatever, what's going on in the inner world that feels like it needs to not be with that experience, not be with that evidence or things that might come up as you're in the process of getting that evidence. Because what, what I found is that like, if you say want to have a birth a class or you want to um, let people know that your, your work exists in the world or you want to get noticed, or you want to be recognized, then um, that means you're going to have to do things that will bring in evidence of some kind, <laughs> evidence that people are salivating for you, uh, evidence that nobody yet sees you, evidence that um, it's a big hit, evidence that nobody wants it, you know? And from the shame perspective of our inner children, it's difficult for us to do something um, without seeing it in black and white terms. The, the shaming that we received as children makes the world be black and white. Things are either good or they're bad. We're right or we're wrong. We're worthy or we're not worthy. And so there's a lot of fear then of accumulating evidence that in fact, nobody wants you which is like a very childlike opinion, right? It, because only from a child's perspective would we like presume it would go all bad. Or if it's not this, it's this. That's a child's perspective. So anytime our brains are like, oh, it'll fail. You know, you know that you know you've entered the realm of your inner children. Like you're not in your adult self anymore. <laughs> this has been fascinating to learn. Like, but this is really helpful because then you know, like, okay, so I'm now in a place inside of me that thinks that I'm either good or I'm bad. And that evidence will accumulate that will be very black and white. And then what happens is our inner children become paralyzed because we are afraid of evidence. So... It's interesting then to think about how, from an emotional perspective, um, most evidence feels like failure. You know, it must be failure if it's not a success. But that's not how science sees evidence. You know, if you think about it from a scientific perspective, the scientific method is about having an idea and you're just like ruling it out. Like, Let's just find out if this works or not. It's pr and it, more often than not, it doesn't, you know? But because I think of the power of scarcity in our body systems, like we don't want to put in the time or we don't want to put in the money or we don't want to put in the energy 
because we think of it as a waste. That's a capitalist framing. That's not natural. It's, it's conditioning. We think of things as wastes of times, of a uh, uh, waste of our time, energy, or money if they quote unquote fail. When from a more uh, expansive perspective, um, everything that you try is just evidence. Evidence leading you towards the thing. Everything that you do is just accumulating evidence as you move more and more into the flow that you want to be in. And even when you're in your flow, you will still accumulate evidence like, oh, I don't really like the way that worked, you know? And so it's only from a shame perspective that um, we would like turn a small turnout to something that you were very brave to do for the very first time as like a failure or a bad thing. And thus, if we call in this dream of like, I want to be a person of evidence. I want to be a person who has the courage to be with all evidence. If you have the courage to be with all evidence, then anything is possible to try. Just turn towards it and see what happens. Letting the evidence just be evidence of like, that didn't work quite the way I might have wanted it to. Or the evidence doesn't have to mean a black or white thing about you as a person. What about that? You know? So I, I feel like this way of framing things can be really, really helpful because it helps us like disrupt this shaming, self-shaming perspective that, um, if things aren't a success, then they're failures, you know? Rather, all efforts to be a person of evidence are successes, you know? This is what it's feeling like to me. And so what happens then is if, if the goal is, I just want to be a human of evidence. I just want, that's, that's my goal, that I can be with evidence, like, this, is the, this means not judging the evidence, not making declarations about what the evidence means, right? If you're just letting yourself be a person of evidence, then what's possible? All kinds of things. Because you know what? Because what happens is then you become a person who trusts themselves to be with all evidence. And if you can trust yourself to be with any evidence... They like me, they don't like me. Lots of people wanted to do it. Not a lot of people wanted to do it. If you can be a person of evidence, then, and you trust yourself to be with all evidence, then you can do anything you want, you know? And you're no longer in this prison of fear of evidence. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I am like, my 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 mind has been blown by this and so has my heart honestly like i don't know what's been more affected by this template my heart or my mind in the last month <sighs> because like where is trust there's like there's mental trust and there's emotional trust there's also spiritual trust 
there's physical trust. All of our bodies, the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, the spirit body, all of our bodies have different trust capacities, trust fears, um, trust dreams. And it can be very helpful to think of it as having these like different capacities depending on which part of you you're talking about. And so, as you know, it was a Taurus lunar cycle, but most of the time that we were in it, the sun was in Gemini. So there was a lot of Gemini vibes in this Taurus cycle. And so that really brings us to the bridge between these signs and the intelligence of Gemini following Taurus. Taurus dreamed of Gemini. something I share in my books and something I talk about in the Unshaming series is how one sign dreams of the next one. And so it is from this basin of being able to be with your life, the self-trust of your presence, that then through your throat, you're able to enliven your speech with your magical consciousness. Gemini. So Gemini, uh, unshaming Gemini was, um, the, the evidence is in, (laughs) speaking of evidence, speaking of evidence, unshaming Gemini was like a huge hit. I think I've gained over 500 followers just since I did the promotion of unshaming Gemini, um, like really needed language, I think out in the world. And what was most supportive about Unshaming Gemini, I think, um, has really come down to uh, my words on paradox and your uncontainability. So to get Unshaming Gemini, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's the free Unshaming of the series. So if you want, if you're curious, like, what is she doing in these unshaming things? Um, can I find out without having to pay? Yes, you can. You can do unshaming Gemini. Just follow the link. That doesn't mean it's like all of them, though. It's not a cut and paste thing. They're all totally different. But that was my free one to honor Gemini's curiosity, Gemini in the beginner's mind, Gemini just like fucking with what sounds interesting. Um, just go check it out. Like going and checking things out is very Gemini. Like it's not a big deal where it's not like we're getting married, you know, (laughs) but the other signs are more cautious, you know, like, what does it mean for me to say yes to this? Gemini is just like, go find out, see what happens. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. What's the big deal? It's just evidence, right? See what I did there? (laughs) So if we think about paradox, and I'm encouraging you to go check out my interview on the In Search of Tarot podcast called The Paradox of Queerness with Nick Kepley. Paradox means contrary to opinion, beyond belief, and logically unacceptable. Like, What? How can these two things be true at the same time? But paradox is everywhere. Um, 
it's like paradox is fun for some people, but deeply, deeply, deeply uncomfortable for a lot of people. Why? Because paradox means that we have to hold in our hands more truth than the logical mind has capacity for. The logical mind is like, no, it's not possible that those two things can be true. How can I be a good person and a bad person? How can I be queer and straight? How can I be very feminine and very masculine? How can I be hot and nerdy? How can I be a really patient mom and a really impatient mom? Like, how can I be the most um, gorgeous friend ever and like actually a terrible friend? Uh, (laughs) Depends on how you're looking at it. But like, there's paradoxes. We have these paradoxes and it's part of our evidence. And it's uncomfortable because the logical mind wants certainty. The logical mind wants it to be black and white. And so does the inner child. Shame is very much like a black and white child vision of the world experience. And so shame has a really hard time with paradox. Like the parts of us that feel paradoxical, we shame because we're like, that's not who I am. I I can't be that person because I'm also, because I'm that other person. And paradox, like, exactly. (laughs) So your relationship to paradox is going to tell you a lot about your relationship to shame. First of all, we're going to shame will make want to go away. Shame will be very afraid of what doesn't seem to fit. You know, like what is like, I can't believe that that could be true about me. I can't believe that I did that thing. I'm a good person. You know, shame is going to jump in and be like, it's impossible. I'm a good person. So I should just like defend. I should make it not my fault. I'm the victim here. And so shame is going to turn it into this black and white story because we can't hold the evidence that we are very complicated paradoxical beings who are inconsistent, who change, who have competing desires. Who we're, we're, we're solar and lunar, we're, we're diurnal and nocturnal. Like we have these different parts of us, you know? And so it's like your relationship to paradox is going to tell you a lot about your relationship to truth, to your relationship to your evidence, to your relationship to your presence. And this brings me back to this idea of like, I'm sick of, tired of playing small. Well, our refusal of paradox makes us small because it wants to limit us to only that which we have the capacity to see because it feels logical or consistent or it makes sense with the stories that we have about how the world works and who we are. If you've always seen yourself as a victim, it's going to be very difficult unless you embrace paradox to imagine that you're the one responsible. You're also the, you are a victim. Yeah. And you're responsible for your life and no one else is. 
You know, like think about that. When, so, when someone's saying you're responsible for your own healing, they're not saying that you aren't also a victim. You're also a victim. And if you want to stop playing small, that you're going to have to expand to also include the part of you that takes responsibility and doesn't look to other people to save you. You know what I mean? You're going to have to take on that responsibility. And that may be very difficult for the parts of you that really need to believe in the evidence of victimhood. And these are repairable. These are healable things. Embracing paradox in small ways will help you embrace paradox in big ways. Letting yourself see, being with the evidence of your life, letting yourself see your paradox, like here it is, this is not a problem. This is not a problem. I'm just a human and I have paradox. It's pretty cool actually because it expands me so that I can see so much more of myself than I let myself see before when I needed myself to be consistent and have a narrative that made sense of everything in my life, you know? There's a proper timing for this. We can't like explode all of our old stories at once and embrace all of our paradoxes all at once, which is why we just do it slowly. Um, But for me, I really feel like our pride, here it is, Pride Month, pride depends on us embracing our paradoxes. Because if we don't, we will always shame the parts of us that don't line up, that don't make sense that feel illogical, that feel like they don't fit in the box somehow. The pride is a pathway to paradox. Paradox is a pathway to pride. It's part of what expands us. Because if you can, the more you embrace your paradox as evidence of your life, the more you expand into letting yourself be more than you thought you could be. If you're going to let yourself have these contrary parts, now you're expanded into them all rather than trying to like force yourself to be one. That's going to limit you and you're going to be frustrated because you will feel quote unquote small, you know? So I really feel like paradox is a magical key. And of Gemini is a very magical energy inside of us. You all know if you listen to Min to Min that you're all 12 signs. You're all Gemini. I'm not talking to Gemini suns here. The Gemini part of you is very magical because it refuses to be in a box. It is very uncontainable energy. It's very chaotic because of this. Don't worry though, you've got other parts of you that like can feel more rooted and be more assured and like follow through, you know, but the Gemini part of you needs to be able to flirt with possibilities, to try things out and abandon them. You've got to be willing to abandon projects. If you're not going to give yourself the right to abandon projects, then you might not ever start them and then you will feel frustrated that you're not out there getting evidence in the world about what you can do. You know? 
(laughs) It's how you can trust in your decision to actually commit because you know that you've learned how to fuck around with options. You know how to listen to the impulse. You're not committing because you think you should because it's what will line you up with the box that you feel like you have to fit in, you know? So the more you allow yourself to become a person of evidence, the more you allow yourself to just try things out. The evidence is not a signal about your success or failure as a person. That is an old story. And we're really always healing it. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't feel the wincing, you know. I I feel wincing if something is like read by a younger part of me as fail. A hundred percent I feel it. I just know how to hold myself through it and not let that voice be the only voice that's running my body. Um, these are skills that I want to teach. I can't elaborate on everything in a podcast, but it's very powerful. So something that came through the other day, and this is really feeling like, you know, what emergence astrology is really all about is everything that I'm saying here. I heard trust that you will know how to respond to life because then when you trust yourself, then you can really listen right? Like if you're afraid about how you're going to respond or react, then you, you are like putting a wall up and you're actually not really listening to life. You're actually not really listening to the person you're talking to. You're not really listening to the evidence that's rolling in. And so trust is so huge here. Trusting that You will know how to respond to life as you practice getting your evidence and that will then allow you to really turn towards life and listen to it. Listen to the life that's wanting to talk to you. It's all around you talking to you. You know, Gemini knows this. Gemini just can't get enough of like, oh my God, the proliferating aliveness of everything trying to talk to me. And we, we shut ourselves off from that because I think we're afraid to, to really turn toward it and listen because we're afraid of the chaos of responding without like a premeditated plan. You know, how am I going to respond? I, it's like, I don't know. But this is huge for me. If you have... Um, experienced times where you gave yourself away where like you didn't respond because you froze you were like in a freeze response or you went into a fawning response and you're not even hearing the person that's talking to you you're just like your your presence has left the building like you're not attuning at all you're not feeling your body i know this (laughs) to this day right? Then you may say things or agree to things or not defend yourself or like not speak up about something you don't agree with because like you're not even able to be with what's in front of you anymore because you're so frightened. And so this is not like, oh, just trust yourself. Like this is a practice, 
This is a practice of softening into listening. And it comes from that trusting in like that presence inside of yourself that knows that it can listen and then respond. How does that feel? I mean, I really feel like what emergence astrology is, because as you know, it's an unfolding thing to me what it is. Um, I've, I know, I've always known it has to do with time. It has to do with being in the present moment and being with that which is emerging or that which wants to emerge, that which has emerged as present and trusting yourself that you can respond to it from present time and not from a past tense self. And, um, and you're not responding, like you're not engaging with astrology in a way that's about future templates or potential templates, things that are way over there, if you could just get to them. You know, it's like an astrology for the present moment where we're working with the cosmos to help us to be people of evidence. And it's a practice. Astrology as praxis. Because um, astrology is really helpful f- for practicing paradox because astrology is inherently very paradoxical, which was what makes it magical. Because it's preposterous, as I recently said in a post that's been very, very popular. Um, what makes astrology so fun is that it's very ridiculous. Like, huh? How do, like, because Jupiter was at 26 Gemini, I'm like this? What? You know, like, just because Pluto's at the same degree as my moon, these things are happening to me? You know, like, you can give me all of your logical reasons, but like, they're not magical. The magic comes from the fact that the logical is with the illogical. The magic of astrology is from the fact that it blurs lines between truth and illusion, which our culture has lobbed onto the old good-bad binary. Truth is good, illusion is bad. And so it makes you practice paradox. It makes you practice unshaming when you do astrology, when you're into astrology, because you're walking into paradox when you walk into astrology, at least the way I'm playing it, at least emergence astrology. And the people that I talk astrology with, like Jonathan Coe, and the people in our learning containers. And so this is very helpful astrology because just practicing it is practicing paradox, which means practicing being with the evidence of your life, which means practice expanding who you think you can be and who you think you are and how you think you fit into this world and how you think the world operates. And if that's not exciting, then you probably haven't listened to this far. So I'm going to assume that that sounds really exciting to you. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can probably feel me rolling into, you know, like a new moon statement for Gemini coming up here in a few days. But the truth is that I don't know until I get to the new moon 
what's going to roll in at the new moon. And this is, this is emergence astrology. It's like, I'm not going to pre-write my, what I think it feels like. Like, how would I know in advance? Like, I can feel it. I can, I can foresee it. I can extend my cognition into futures. But like, shit emerges in present time, you know? And so, I just like responding to what's present. It, that's just what feels alive to me. It feels so much more efficient because you just can be with what's here. There it is. Here's the evidence. <laughs> but it takes the practice of cultivating trust in oneself that you will be able to respond to what's present. And like, oh, and there will be my Canva tiles. I'll know exactly what to say. That's how, that's, it's a practice of like, I don't even need to panic with my future self. My future self is going to know exactly what to say because my future self is going to respond to what is present. And I trust my future self just like I trust myself. And that's how time works in emergence astrology. <sighs> yeah, I've got to write the book proposal, y'all. So that feels good. How do you feel? I want to hear how this landed for you. Please uh, feel free to shoot me a note. Um, if you've never left a review for Moon to Moon, please write a review. They're so fun to get. And they're really, really helpful for people that are finding their way here. I know for me, I always look at reviews when I'm thinking about listening to a podcast. You know, it's just, I like, I read all the reviews before I book an Airbnb, you know, like if you like being here, um, even just like one sentence affirming that can be really, really helpful for, for moon to moon as a space for healing and reprogramming. Thank you. Uh, please sign up for Unshaming Cancer. It's going to be really, really yummy because it's about holding yourself through feelings and um, unshaming your feelings, which I don't know anyone who doesn't need that. So would really love to have you in the space exploring that with me, playing with me, expanding with me. And I'm wishing you a beautiful, restful, soothing, dark moon window here. And then a gorgeous new moon lunar cycle in Gemini beyond the Saturday. Cheers. <laughs>